Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today we will be chatting with Seema Songdevi, founder of Cooks Who Feed. Cooks Who Feed creates aprons that empower food lovers to take action towards a hunger-free world. For every apron sold, food waste is rescued and used to provide 100 nutritious meals. They fulfill this promise through their charity partners who recover fresh, surplus food to protect the environment and provide immediate hunger relief. Let's listen to the Cooks Who Feed story from Seema. Let's go. As you all know, you know, I started this show when uh, the pandemic kicked in and the sole purpose of this show was to meet inspiring folks who are doing a fantastic work in their respective fields. So, you know, uh, we all are very, very fortunate folks, right? Because most of us, we don't have to worry about where is our next meal coming from, right? We, I, I have... I'm a foodie. I eat a lot of food and I, I never care about what I'm going to eat for dinner. I just pick up either my wife cooks or I just pick up an app like Swiggy and order. But there are a lot of people, when you look about the hunger, the state of hunger across the globe, there are a lot of people who sleep hungry every night. So I did a quick Google search today and I got the number was around 690 million folks sleeping hungry every night across the globe. Mind-boggling, right? So that's why when I was doing research on the subject, I came across an inspiring, awesome person. She is the founder of Cooks Who Feed. It's none other than Seema Sangvi. She has started this uh, amazing concept or amazing product she has got. It They create aprons that empower food lovers to take action towards a hunger-free world. That's their motto. That's their mission, to empower food lovers to take action towards a hunger-free world. How cool is that, right? Their vision is to create a hunger-free world following the most sustainable ways, right? Their goal is to provide 1 million meals per year. That is 10,000 aprons, right? So... Why I wanted to meet her was I found it very, very unique because for every apron sold, food waste is rescued and used to provide 100 nutritious meals, right? They fulfill this promise through their charity partners who recover fresh surplus food to protect the environment and provide immediate hunger relief, right? So there's a lot of social fact element to their business and we i would love to hear all about it cooks who feed has collaborated with several celebrity chefs like chef art smith chef christine kushin uh chef devan rajkumar and more so without further ado let's meet the person behind it hey seema uh welcome to smb talks thanks for having me i realize right. um it's evening for you <laughs> Yes, it's very. Uh, it's eight thirty p.m. here in India. Yes. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's morning here. I'm in Toronto, in Canada, so it's morning. Still, very much the morning here. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much for accepting my invite and taking time out for this. Uh, so, as I was mentioning, you know, I started the show 
to just meet people like you you know and listen to your story and the kind of work you guys do and all that so uh, thank you so much for being here so what i've done is uh, i have curated a set of questions uh, 10 10 to 13 questions uh, about uh, cooks who feed about you uh, the journey and the future vision etc etc so uh, if you're ready uh, i can start shooting them one by one yes let's start all right so uh, you know seema uh, when i was doing a uh, little bit research on you you are uh, you were a professional in online marketing product management project management etc from that to a social entrepreneur how did that happen was it was it intentional conscious decision or how was it very intentional um i also like you very much a foodie um but growing up always wanted to do something where i was helping other people helping less fortunate people i right. um, always wanted to do something in in that in that space and have have real impact right. and i've been lucky enough that i've been able to travel and you know and, and i've seen everywhere it doesn't matter where you are hunger is everywhere absolutely it's one of the one of the problems that i believe that we have in this world that we can fix we can easily fix um because when you think about it there's so much food going to waste so that food can be used to feed people and um i think that you know i, I to be honest i i don't think i was ready to start my own business earlier um right. i mean i my parents immigrated to canada uh from india about 50 years ago you know they're very um concerned that you know you need to get you know go to university get a good education be a professional Uh, right. so I, 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 you know, followed that advice. I think when I was around 10, I told my parents, you know, I'd love to be a chef. Um, but they said, that's, that's a hobby. That's not a job. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, but I always thought in the back of my mind, maybe I'll work for an organization that does great things and that will be the goal. Um, but then as I progressed in my career, I thought, I just felt I wasn't satisfied and I I knew I wanted to do something. So Cooks Who Feed started very much as a side hustle while I was still working. And then it got to a point where I had to make a decision uh you know to put in 100% and leave my job or stop it and just focus on my job because I also have three little kids. So it was very difficult to manage everything. So uh yeah, last year I decided to quit my job and just focus on this 100%. fantastic fantastic so you know it's a it's a unique concept cooks who feed right it's a unique unique concept a noble cause so how did this particular idea originate so it actually started i started to get the idea a couple of years ago um i was in delhi and i was visiting this ngo that found um and trained women who are looking for opportunity so right. uh, you know marginalized women who don't usually have the opportunity to work and one of the things that they were telling me was you know you can teach teach these women so many skills but it's still difficult for them to find work um Absolutely. and th- that is that is a huge problem that they were facing so i thought well maybe i can start something and employ these women exclusively you know they can become the production side of the business and i didn't know what i was going to do at that point and actually i was on maternity leave when i when i was there <laughs> um so i thought well i have a, i have some time to think about it because in canada you have a year off that was a long time for me <laughs> to think about what I was going to do and I thought it has to be something with food because that's my passion and 
from knowing everything I know about entrepreneurship and people who have started businesses, one of the main things is start something you're passionate about because there's going to be lots of challenges, lots of long nights, and you want to make sure you're passionate about what you're doing. That's right. what you're going. So when I started learning about how much food was going to waste, I started just connecting the, the dots and said, you know what, we're going to make a product that targets foodies. And I'm going to then share the profits with these great organizations that are actually rescuing the food and feeding people. And it, so I kind of, it happened organically over time, but yeah, just one by one, step by step, connecting the dots. Right, right. It has got a social element that various uh, rungs of your organization, uh, empowering women, etc. So we will come to that. So uh, for people who don't know, you know, uh, can you just enlighten them about this amazing concept of cooks who feed? Sure. So we ethically produce these handcrafted aprons. They're made in India. And every time we sell an apron, we take some of the revenues from those aprons to provide 100 meals. And we do that by partnering with organizations around the globe. So we have right now three charity partners that we work with. Um, they rescue surplus food and deliver meals. So every time we sell an apron, I know exactly how much is going to the charity partners. And so it's one apron equals 100 meals. And wow. our get to a million meals. So very much a social enterprise. Um, but our, our mission is to fight hunger. So I wanted to make sure that when you purchased an apron, there was real impact right away, you know, not one meal or two meals, um, especially when you're using food waste. There's there's no cost to produce the food. This is food that already exists. The, the cost for these organizations is really just in transportation. So their costs so are right. So we, it allowed us to still, you know, run a, a business where we're giving back and having impact. Right, right, absolutely. So these partners are doing the groundwork while it's a, the, Customers are getting handcrafted aprons, which is uh, good enough for them in, in that way itself, right? All right. So in 2019, Cooks Who Feed uh, kicked off on Kickstarter, if I'm not wrong, right? How was the response on Kickstarter? Because Kickstarter is predominantly for products and products which are a little bit techy and, you know, fancy and all that. So how was the response on Kickstarter? It was good. It took a couple of days before we started to see um, some of the, they call them backers, you know, people coming in and doing the pre-orders. Um, but we were able to meet our goal. We met our goal on day 28. Um, we set a goal for 13000 I believe it was, $13,000. Um, and that would allow us basically to fund our first production run. Um, we launched with just two different, two styles of aprons. Um, so that would allow us, because up until that point, I was really just paying for this on my own so i thought to to do a good good amount of inventory we should do something to to, to help raise the funds and uh yeah lucky for us it, it it worked out and it's the the interesting part of it all is that when we when i look back at all the people that um you know purchased an apron through kickstarter there are people from all over the world which was so interesting to me um you know a lot of people from europe and in, in the u.s and i just thought it's so interesting that this idea has brought people from all over the world you know gotten attention from so many people from different corners right right so uh when, when all, people order from various parts of the globe where is it getting shipped from the product so all of our product is made in india um and then right now we have a warehouse in in toronto because i'm based in toronto um right. but most of our sales right now come through canada and the u.s Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, you know, uh, since you are an expert in this topic, food waste is a topic 
we all conveniently ignore you know even though we know that we are all part of the issue uh, we all waste so much of food sometimes what are your thoughts on food waste issue across the globe so first of all when i say food waste i i i'm actually referring to food that doesn't even make it to the table so not even right. so it's it's you know they know that over a third of the food that we produce annually so you know we invest in this food you know millions billions of dollars going to producing this food water all these other resources and we it ends up in the landfill and a lot of the reason is because just maybe it takes too long for it to get tra- transported and it goes you know goes it expires before it reaches um whether it's the grocery store or the end consumer a lot of it is also because of what it looks like sometimes especially grocery stores if it doesn't look like for example a perfect carrot they will put it aside and it ends up in right. waste um if they cannot sell something fast enough you know if they know you know oh, we have too many bananas okay we're going to take half of them and throw them in, in the waste um and the same goes with farmers when they know a lot of their crops okay this doesn't look like a perfect potato i'm going to throw it away um all that it still has the same nutritional value when you cook it right. no one knows the difference Absolutely. So it's that food. But it's interesting because every I find with every country it varies on the food level, like where the food waste is happening. So for example, one of our partners is feeding India. Um, and most of their food comes from catered events, weddings, all these uh, you know, social events. They say they right. people order so much catered food and there's you know so much food that's not even touched and it just goes to waste. So they actually that's their main source of food. Um, and in in uh, in the U.S., a lot of the waste comes from restaurants, so food that they prepare but don't serve to customers. So you know they they thought they would sell it, but they don't. So it's all been cut up and chopped up, ready to be put into a dish, but then it doesn't end up being you know purchased. So they sure. throw it away. So food waste happens at different levels, but it's it's the fact that so much food. They the UN has predicted that we waste so much food that that food waste could feed. All the world's hungry four times over. Wow! So that just goes to tell you, okay, we can solve hunger through this problem of food waste. It's just a matter of getting the food into the hands of people who need it. Right, right, all right. At least uh, I, I have seen some startups in Australia and all who are do, working, uh, creating a, a value chain where wasted f- foods, like remaining food, is collected from restaurants and being distributed among people who are. Uh, you know, struggling with hunger and things like that. That's fantastic. Right. So for the last two years, uh, Cook Feed has delivered a lot. So can you tell everyone about the impact you could create so far in this journey? Sure. So the end of this year, we'd be providing a little over 200,000 meals. So that's, we basically been operating for about a year. So I'm happy with that result. Um, I can, the, the pandemic has impacted our sales and we can, we can discuss that later because I know that question's coming up. Right. Um, but we, we, I feel really good about the impact we've made thus far. Our goal is to get to a million a year. So, right. and based on what we see, how we're growing, I think I'm, I'm confident we will get there. Right. Absolutely. Even I'm confident 200,000 is not a small number. That's a good enough number to achieve in a year like 2020. That's fantastic. Amazing. Uh, all right. So, you know, going forward, your goal is to provide 1 million meals per year. So how are you and Cook Feed gearing towards the same? 
uh, what are what are the challenges you foresee and how how you going to tackle all that yeah so when we actually sell our aprons both to retail customers like customers through our website but then we also sell to businesses okay. um, so that having those two separate streams has really helped us and we've noticed that obviously the every i feel like every everyone says they're a foodie today which is great um because that means more people will buy aprons. So I'm happy about oh. that. I'm happy that, you know, when you, there's so many stores popping up that sell these high end, um, you know, gadgets, kitchen gadgets. People love having these things in the kitchen when they cook. And the apron, I find, has been one of the things that has been, hasn't caught up. Like if you look at all these devices, like for example, you know, if you have like a, a mixie, it used to be white and boring looking. Now you can buy all these fancy ones. $500, 600 you know, the red, pink, but the apron has still been pretty simple. So I, right. I'm i excited the fact that we were creating these different looking aprons, different colors, making them, trying to bring style to the kitchen, right? You don't right. want to, you know, have company and you put on this apron and you look nice and then you put on this apron and you don't look nice anymore. No, we can make the apron look nice. So I love the fact that in the food scene, this trend is happening. Um, yeah. more people are cooking at home now too because they value, they understand and want to eat healthy. So that has been wonderful as well. From the business side, what's been great is that we're getting, we're seeing a lot of companies, especially those doing corporate gifting, you know, giving gifts to clients and employees. They want to give something that gives back. Um, so that's been, that's been wonderful as well because we customize these aprons for our business clients. We put their logo on it as well. So it um, having companies wanting to be more socially responsible has helped us as well. So Absolutely. I think will really help uh, fuel our growth. Right, right. Actually, apron is not an easy thing to buy. You don't get good aprons uh, if if you have to really look for it. You know, but I cook sometimes, but I love I, I love aprons. So whenever you search, it will be generic ones which are bulk produced and it doesn't look nice. Uh, so that that's good that you you have something specialized as well, right? So uh, eradic eradicating hunger responsibility isn't the only goal you're striving, right? With your NGO partner, you're also empowering women, right? So can you talk a little bit about that angle of the business? Sure. So when I came up with this idea, um, I really wanted to make sure we weren't starting something to solve one problem, but adding to other problems. So this is why I said, okay, you know what? We're going to work only with organizations that are rescuing food waste. Um, then I thought, who's making the aprons? And I thought, well, you know, most kitchen textiles are produced cheaply in factories, whether it be India, China, and you know that these employees are not probably getting fair wage. So, right. I thought, but you, there's so many people looking for work, and that is that's why I went back to the NGO that I originally met and said, you know. Let's let's make the aprons, and luckily the aprons made sense for them as well because it's a, something that is not too difficult to make, right? If you know how to sew, right. you taught how to sew, and these women were learning how to use these industrial sewing machines, you know the complexity of an apron compared to a dress is you know very minimal. Right. So they love the fact that within a few days of training, these ladies were producing, and they felt good about it. So I love right. that, you know, they were feeling productive right away. Um, and yeah, it, for me, I'm always looking at how can we improve? How can we make sure we're producing as less waste as possible in our production? Um, you know, like even in our packaging, we don't use any plastic. 
all our materials, we don't use polyester or any man-made materials, which is quite common in kitchen textiles. It's usually cotton polyester, like a blend. So we use all cotton, natural, recycled fabrics as well. So I'm always thinking about how can we just do a bit better? And I think all businesses need to do that. I think you really, everyone needs to, like every company needs to look internally and reflect because you, you see it too many times now where our company says, okay, we're donating, you know, all this money to this charity. But then what they're doing behind the scenes is a different story. You know, how they're running their business, they're causing other issues. So I think it has to start with how you are running your company. Right, right, absolutely. So I can understand that, you know, it's, it's, it's totally, a, uh, it's not only hunger, every element of your business has a little bit of social impact knitted into it. That's very nice. All right. So uh, I, when I was looking at uh, Cook Sufira, I could see that you have done uh, quite a few celebrity chef collaborations and all that. So how did that happen? And are you planning to get more chefs on board? Yes. Uh, so how did I, I came up with the idea of reaching out to chefs because I realized that, you know, with because I have a, an online marketing background, influencer marketing is so big. Right. But okay, if I'm just starting, I don't have the money to pay these big influencers to promote what I'm doing. Right. So how do I get them to do it? You know, maybe they'll do it just from the goodness of their heart. <laughs> maybe they won't. So I thought, what if I partnered with chefs? If I brought on these ambassadors, chefs who have shown that they, you know, care about reducing hunger or reducing food waste. Right. So initially, I started with some local chefs. Uh, like celebrity chefs in Canada reached out to them and said, I know you are doing this to fight hunger. Would you be interested in this? And really, I just said, you know what? You're you're just allowing us to create your apron. So right. you tell us how you want to design it. We'll send you some designs. And the one that you like best, or we can keep, you know, making different versions. But once you like a design, we produce it. All the cost is on us. We just ask you to promote it. So on your right. social, if you're going to an event, put it on. Um, we want you to talk about it. Um, that's that's what, that's all we asked. Um, so it wasn't too difficult because if they are passionate about fighting hunger, um, right. they were they were not too reluctant to come on. Um, and so I started with like local celebrity chefs that I knew I could easily access. Right. From there, I started approaching different chefs. So I know you mentioned Chef Art Smith. Um, he's well known in, I would say in both Canada and US because he started his career with Oprah Winfrey. So he was on her show and he's still a, her personal chef. So a lot of people know him through her. Right. Um, he is very big on hunger. Um, he even has his own foundation to educate youth on how to eat properly. And so everyone can, you know, have the nutrition they need. Um, I also work with Chef Gavananan, who is in Bangkok, right? His restaurant is one of the best in the world. And it's funny with him because I actually watched um, a Netflix episode on him. It was called It's Chef's Plate. So I watch all these shows. Um, <laughs> one episode was on him and how, you know, he grew up in India and then decided to open up this high-end Indian restaurant in Bangkok. So I just thought, I'm just going to message him on Instagram and see what happens. And I just said, this is what I do. I really am a fan. Would love to, have, to make your apron. And he responded and said, Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> one word. Sure. So it's we've been lucky. I mean, I've definitely been turned down as well from chefs, but I feel that now, okay, we've got a couple that are very strong. 
So that's helped us to grow. And yes, I am. I, I do actually want to grow our product line through more partnerships with chefs. Fantastic. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, most of the chefs will say yes to such a good cause because it's just aprons and they, they, they love aprons and their tools and things like that. It's a just a good value addition to their work itself. Fantastic. All right. So, uh, you know, Cooks of Feed, uh, your charity partners are very important piece of the puzzle, right? You have several charity partners associated with you, with you. So can you tell a little bit about the kind of charity partners you have and the kind of work they do? Sure. So I'll start with um, the, the one in India. So Feeding India, I think I mentioned, they have been around for many years. They're in almost every major city in India. And most of their food that they collect is from these social events, weddings, birthday parties, any social gathering, catered food. They take it, their priority is focusing on children and also elderly who live in slums. Right. Also this year have done a lot to help, you know, your, the daily wager. They've done a lot of campaigns to support people who rely on, uh, especially during the lockdown. Um, how do you, how do you, you know, feed people who rely on that, their, you know, what they're making daily. So what they're doing is great and they've provided millions of meals. So I wanted to find a partner in India because I think I'm biased because obviously my background is Indian. I am Indian, but I also know that India has the largest population of hungry people. So I thought if we're going to have impact, we need to look at where is the biggest problem. Right. Um, I also have a partner in the U.S. I wanted to have a partner in the U.S. because I found out the U that Americans waste the most food waste per capita. Okay. So there's a lot of food going to waste. So there's another problem. So the organization I work with there is called Rescuing Leftover Cuisine. They work a lot at um, with restaurants and cafes. So the food that they're going to throw out, they take that and they give it to um, like shelters, soup kitchens, school programs. And then my partner in Canada is called Second Harvest. They work with farmers in the big grocery stores. So anything that's going to waste, they take that and deliver it to similar soup kitchens, food programs as well. So the food doesn't go to waste. Okay. All right. That's fantastic. You have selected the right partners for the job, I believe. Uh, with the, They also have the right focus area, which is yeah. aligned. To There's organizations in many countries that do something very similar, rescuing food waste to feed the hungry. And as we grow, I do want to partner with more. I think that's important to have some impact you know, across the board. I think that's really important. I started with these three because I thought, let's focus on the U.S. with the food waste, with India with the the, the, lo the number of hungry people, and then Canada because we're a Canadian-based company, so it's going to find a partner here. Perfect, perfect. So you intend to add more partners on the journey ahead? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, we are looking at a couple organizations in the U.K. and in Europe and in Africa. So I think... Um, they're definitely there. And what I've noticed when, um, you know, because I, I, I do go to visit these organizations as well and try to volunteer my time and, and donating, you know, serving the meals. And what I've noticed is that they're so reliant on donations. And it's, it's hard when you're a charity and you rely so much on donations uh, to do your work. Um, so when I said, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not giving you a donation. This is something I want you to be part of the business. So you know, if I sell, you know, a hundred aprons, this is how much you're getting. So you can rely on that regularly. It's, it's not something that's seasonal because I know most donations happen around the holiday times. 
Um, so having this source of income for them that's not seasonal and not reliant on donations, it's, it's right. they, they really appreciate that model. Absolutely. It's a win-win model. It's a perfect symbiotic relationship. Absolutely. Right. So we have spoken a lot about the social aspect of uh, cooks who feed. But the one major thing which we have forgotten till now is the product. You know, it's not only about the social impact or uh, empowering, uh, uh, you know, uh, ladies, etc. But it's also about a good product which you have produced, right? So let's talk a little bit about the apron which comes with a happiness guarantee. So how are these aprons made? What are the what are the what is the happiness guarantee, and what what goes into it? So as I mentioned, they're all handmade in India, and we most of our aprons are made using organic cotton canvas. So they're durable. Um, we use different colors. I love the fact that the chefs that we work with, you know, like. For example, Gaganan, his, he has a saying, be a rebel. So on his apron, it says, be a rebel. And we use his restaurant colors um, with Chef Art Smith. He is well known for his fried chicken recipe. So he said, could you embroider a chicken on my apron? So I said, of course we can. So they're very, you know, in, in design and color. They're, they're colorful. They're sturdy. And I, I Aubrey apron as well comes with... Um, it's a silk tag that we we sew onto every apron, and it just says one apron equals 100 meals. Um, so every apron comes with that, regardless of the design. But I think another thing, too, that people really appreciate is every apron has a hand tag on it. And it's, it's signed by the lady who made your apron, so you know who made your apron. But it also explains the impact. So we kind of tried to make it a bit funny. So it says, um, you will get the urge to wear this apron as a cape because you've just reduced food waste provided and provided 100 meals. Plus, you're helping to empower marginalized women in India, and that's really super. So I can make it a bit funny. But right. um, people love that. People love the idea of getting something as a gift, and they can explain the impact right away. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've seen, I've seen a picture of uh, some uh, the people who make the apron, standing with the apron, with saying that I made this apron. That's uh, absolutely a very nice people know that who is making it and how, what kind of impact them buying the apron is going to do. That's very nice. All right. So, you know, now I want to I want to bring some attention to uh, cooks of feed. Right. So how can common people like home chefs or people like me can be part of a noble movement like cooks of feed, you know, especially home cooks? Uh, how, how can they be part of such a good cause? So I mean, obviously getting an apron. So we, we sell through our website, cooksufeed.com. We're starting to sell worldwide because we've gotten a lot of uh, requests to do so. Uh, so <laughs> this year we were just selling Canada, US, and in Europe, but now we're opening it up across the board. Uh, but also just spreading the word, right? If you get an apron and you love it, share a picture of yourself wearing it. If, even if you don't get an apron, share you know what we're doing. I think it's all about just sharing the word, right? Maybe you're not a foodie, but you think it's a great idea and you think someone might, you know, want to want to buy an apron. So even just sharing it, I think it all makes a difference. Um, we're also look, obviously going into other products as well. So next year, early next year, um, and we're, we're doing the samples now, we're doing we're going to be doing children's aprons because we've learned that, you know, children want to be chefs. And now it's become a cool thing to be a chef. Um, so a lot of children want to be chefs. There's a lot of school programs and, you know, 
classes that children can take. So we're, we're, we're making these matching aprons, but it's smaller form. <laughs> so parents can buy one for themselves and for their child and have it match. Um, yeah. We're also doing other products like uh, napkins, linen napkins, you know, table covers, um, the produce, reusable produce bags. Because uh, we want to get into the whole basket, giving like gift baskets as well. So because a lot of the companies we work with, they want to provide a whole basket, not just an apron. So providing a whole foodie basket as well with all these different kitchen textiles and everything will have a give back model trying to fight hunger and food waste. Right, right. I just finished uh, the latest season of Junior MasterChef Australia. So those kids can maybe get off with such a good apron. Right. So uh, fantastic. So guys, whoever is watching this or watch later, check out cookshoofeed.com. Buy an apron for your wife, yourself, gift it to your parents, uh, neighbor, uh, or even you can uh, allow your company organizations to go for corporate gifting options, which they have on their website. Go check it out. All right. So uh, this was not a question. Uh, in my list, but I wanted to add it at the end moment because I got uh, <laughs> a fantastic woman entrepreneur in front of me. So I, I asked because October in on the show was a woman entrepreneurship month. So this question was asked to a lot of uh, amazing people who came on the show. What are your top advice for budding female entrepreneurs or leaders? Just do it. If you have an idea, just pursue it. I feel that I, 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 I've been lucky enough to have have met so many women entrepreneurs and mother entrepreneurs and or want people who want to do something, but they're like, oh, I have children and it's you know so much time. And you know, if you want to do it, just do it and you will find the time. And I think regardless of male, female, uh, you know, parent, not a parent. Entrepreneurship is hard, but you you have to find a way within your own limitations, within your own life, uh, you know what your whatever your responsibilities are. Find that balance that works for you. Maybe it won't grow as fast as you would have liked to, but that is the situation you have. So you have to manage with what you have. So I always, always, especially with with mothers, say you know if you want to do it, just do it, and you'll you'll find a way. You will find a way to to make it work for you. Right, right. I, I also am a big proponent of uh, female entrepreneur leaders because, you know, uh, they are good at everything. Running, <laughs> you know, running organizations, homes, managing finances. I think it, it, it should be cakewalk for all those female entrepreneurs who should come out. Fantastic. So my final question, which I ask every guest of mine, because this show started during this COVID-19. So COVID-19 has brought up mixed feelings for everybody. I have been hearing good things happening to businesses, some people struggling. So how has COVID-19 treated uh, SEMA as well as cooks who feed? So there's been good and bad. Um, when everything kind of stopped happening in March and counted it was around early March when all these restrictions started to come in place, um, what happened was, well, we had we had contracts with culinary schools, with caterers, with restaurants. So all that within a week stopped. Um, so that was scary because we were just, you know, a few months into starting our business, and then all of a sudden, all these orders just stopped. 
Um, Cause obviously we targeted the hospitality space because they require aprons to run their business. Right. Um, so that all stopped within a week. So that actually was quite terrifying to kind of think, okay, how are we going to, you know, grow? Because I really wanted to have both channels, the selling to customers and selling to businesses, but that made us focus on companies doing corporate gifting that made us focus on, we sell a lot to realtors, real estate agents, because when they sell a home, they usually give a gift and it's a housewarming gift. So we thought what right. better housewarming gift than an apron, right? So they include that in their, in their gift baskets. Um, so we, I just started getting on the phone and calling all these realtors and saying, you know, we do consider buying us and buying our aprons. And so I think companies have become more, um, or trying to be more socially responsible, during the pandemic and just learning from what we've learned during the pandemic, which has helped our corporate side, like our corporate gifting side, but the hospitality industry is still really suffering. So we've seen those, those revenues have basically just disappeared. Right. I'm, I'm hopeful that when, you know, the culinary students go back to school, when restaurants reopen, that will pick up, but it, I think right. it'll be a while. It'll be a while. And the other issue that we faced was because there's a lot, there was a lockdown in India. I'm like, there was no production. So, um, luckily, I did have some inventory um, already here in, in our warehouse, but um, it was quite scary not knowing okay, how long is this going to go on because it happened right all of a sudden. It was supposed to just yep. be a few days, and then it was very long. And then also just thinking about our our ladies that work with us, right? How do we create a safe environment for them? So that was scary too. And also during the pandemic, during the lockdown, we were worried about do they have enough food for them and their families? So there was a lot of mixed emotions going on when it first happened, when the lockdown happened. But as, as the year has gone on, we've seen things pick up. And, and now like our production team, luckily everyone is healthy. There haven't, haven't been any issues. They've started to make masks, <laughs> um, which is great for themselves, their family and to be sold, which is great. Um, so it's, it started off very scary and then it, it, it got better. Fantastic. I hope the trajectory goes up and onwards from here. Uh, so thank you so much, Seema, uh, for taking time and, uh, you know, in the early morning and coming on the show. Uh, it was such a pleasure hearing about you and uh, Koksu Feed. Obviously, I will be a cheerleader for Koksu Feed wherever possible, in whichever cap capacity possible. And I wish you all the best uh, for the months and years ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ruben. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right. So that was uh, Seema Sanghi, founder of Cooks Who Feed. Guys, what an innovative concept, right? I, I got goosebumps hearing about the kind of impact one organization, small organization is creating. So guys, check out cookswhofeed.com and support them in whichever capacity possible. Right. And I believe uh, this was a helpful session and I hope to bring more fantastic guests here onwards. Thank you for listening to the Thrifty Marketer podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow the Thrifty Marketer podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. See you next episode. <laughs>